Welcome back to Nothing, Nothing Loud Under the Eastern Back. I'm Isabella. I'm Vivian. I'm Amelia. And I'm Lillian. In the novel All Quiet on the Western Front, there are many examples of symbolism and figurative language. One main example is in chapter 4 when Paul talks about the dying horses at the front during the trench warfare. The quote reads, A couple of columns over there got it in the neck. The cries continued, It is not men. They cannot cry so terribly. Wounded horses, says Cat. It's unendurable. It is the moaning of the world. It is the martyred creation. Wild with anguish, filled with terror and groaning. We are pale, the Turing stands up. God, for God's sake, just shoot them. In this passage of chapter 4, the reader is able to visualize the terror in the soldiers' ears as they hear the miserable horses dying in pain. The figurative language is Paul personifying the horses. They have real cries, and to turn the farmer knows that they want to be put out of their pain by being shot to death as if the horses express their feelings like human beings. This is based on the quote, God for God's sake, just shoot him, and the fact that in his past life, the turn was a farmer. I completely agree when Amelia is talking about the personification that the horses have in chapter four of the novel. Um, I think this also adds such a great imagery to this scene as it's adding the reader can almost hear the screams and the cries that the horses are having. This style of writing leads to the symbolism of the event. The horses and their cries represent the brutal, merciless world they are living in. It is certain many will suffer as they battle through the unending war, so why not just die soon to avoid pain at all costs? This passage connects with the poem How to Die by author Sigmund Sassoon. Many civilians believe that the soldiers are fighting to avoid death at all costs, but really, it is their main desire when suffering and destroying their life is their only other option. The horses are already suffering at the front, so the only way to obtain eternal peace is by simply putting them to sleep. Death is inevitable. Um, also, I'd like to talk about the symbolism that she talked about. So with the horses, I think that they can also represent the environment that they're going through. So in a war, you're going to be destroying the environment by using up all the natural resources so you can supply the troops with ammo and artilleries. And I think that this is really interesting because it, similar to the horses, how they're dying, it would be the use of the natural resources. So the depletion of the natural resources is compared to the horses dying because they're killing the environment just as they're killing the horses in this exact scene, which really adds the eerie aspect to this as well. I also found a quote in chapter 5 that I found quite interesting. It reads as, Then the row begins, one of them gets his breath and goes off like an alarm clock. Before I can do anything, something comes in from outside. I feel a blow, lie outstretched on the floor, and hear awful growls. This quote includes a figurative language saying that a goose goes off like an alarm. It didn't actually go off like an alarm clock it just it was just really loud and it disturbed another a dog from the outside so it came in i found this significant to the story because it adds to the plot on how the characters have to be very careful when trying to get their food or hunt down the goose and while trying to avoid trouble 
Going off with what Vivian said, I think the reason the soldiers have to be so careful of every move they make is because they have been trained to expect the worst and in response should be ready for anything. A major factor in this was Corporal Himmelsas, as he ordered the soldiers around and gave them harsh physical labor and punishments that they were afraid of messing up in the future. Something that I consider a symbol in the book were the two geese. They represented human need and desire. In chapter 5, Paul puts in a lot of effort and thought into trying to catch the two geese. In the book, the author has stated, I make a jump. I catch one in the next instant and second. The beasts cackle and strike out with their feet and wings. I fight desperately, but lore, what a kick a goose has. They struggle and I stagger about. This shows that it may be a bit difficult to catch the geese, but Paul is still trying. It shows that even in the midst of a violent warfare, they are still focused on food, which is required for survival and to find some comfort and pleasure. Uh, in chapter 4, this can be shown because it stated that, again, I hear distantly the cackle of geese, a glance at Kaczynski, a glance from him to me, we understood one another. He nods, it will be attended when we come back, I have their number. Basically showing that um, when they hear the geese, they are still focused on it, so they will come back to catch them and eat them f for food later. Adding on to what Vivian said, another example of human need and desire could be the desire of replacing the loss of feeling intimate love, which is shown between Paul and Kat as it was largely developed during the goose feast they had together. This shows that the soldiers always find a way to fulfill a desire that has been lost during the chaos of war, even if it means breaking rules or sacrificing their own life. But this concept can also be seen from the other side, in that many times the men dismiss their wants and just settle for what they already have. For example, when Paul and his comrades must accept the fact that they have to combat rats in their war trench, showing that they just have to deal with, with the cons of war. A good example of figurative language that I found in the book, All Quiet on the Western Front between chapters 4 and 6, states, To me, the front is a, is a mysterious whirlpool, though I am in still water far away from its center. I fear the whirl of the vortex sucking me in slowly, irresistibly, inescapably into itself. This is comparing World War One to a deadly force of nature, which would be a whirlpool. The men are drawn to war in the same way that they're sucked into a hurricane, and it helps show the sheer terror and the helplessness that are experienced by the soldiers and how power powerless they are to resist all the temptations that they have in war. It's also showing the loss of innocence that the war is taking away from the young man, which is adding to a possible theme in the story, which could be that. Going off with what Isabella said, I think that a mysterious whirlpool is a great example to compare the World War One to, because when the soldiers were first going into the war, mainly the main characters, they didn't know what was going to happen. It was mysterious to them, and even going into it, they didn't know what the future has and hold for them. So it's a mysterious whirlpool with many dangers example of symbolism in the book is Kat and Paul's relationship, which evolves in chapter 5 from almost admiration into an almost brotherly love. Also, this can be seen as a romantic love. As it says in, in page 94, it talks about how Kat and Paul are eating a goose together. And one quote that it says is, we don't talk much, but I believe we have a more 
complete communion with one another than even lovers have, which I think this can be compared to them, or Paul at least seeing Kat as like a soulmate for him. Also in the next paragraph, it says, we sit on the edge of it, crouching in danger. The grease drips from our hands. In our hearts, we are close to one another and the hour is like the room. So what I think this means is that Paul at least has romantic feelings for Kat, but he can't say this because this homosexuality isn't allowed in the war at all. So even if he were to have these feelings, he wouldn't be able to act on it. And that's the symbolism that I think is in this novel. I think it's like a nod to how the war was back then and how it, it talks about basically the problems that they had in that time area. I agree with Isabella. I also think that the relationship between Paul and Kat symbolizes a romantic relationship. Even though in the beginning, Paul was more so admiring and dependent on Kat for, because of the food, towards the part where they had the geese feast, I think that Paul was developing an intimate feeling that was more than just friendship, while you can't really tell how Kat is feeling. marches on straight ahead the figures resolve themselves into a block individuals are no longer recognizable the dark wedge presses onward fantastically taught by the heads and weapons floating on the milky pool a column not men at all this metaphorical quote compares the soldiers to a column rather than men with feelings comparing them to a uniform block because they are so numb to war and do not show emotion in the first few chapters this feeling of numbness to emotion was foreshadowed by Mueller when all he cared for was the boots of his dying friend, Kemmerich. Mueller focuses on what will keep him alive and the real necessities of war instead of mourning and comforting Kemmerich. This impacts the reader because it shows how war numbs the feelings of soldiers and has drawn the life out of them, making them all march with the same lifeless expression. Lillian, I really like the out-of-chapter cha examples you've included that prove the desensitivity of the soldiers as they adopt to war life. Mueller only cared for the boots when Kemmerich was dying. Something to add to your simile comparison is the reaction of Paul as well in, the, in chapter 3 of the novel. When he firsthand saw the death of Kemmerich, he of course was sad, but that didn't devastate him long term. He quickly figures out where to pick up from his death and asks the doctors what to do with his belongings. Clearly, his focus is on making it through the war because he finds death as a social norm rather than a life-changing tragedy. In chapter 4, the coffin symbolized and foreshadowed death. During an attack, Paul and his comrades used coffins and soldiers' dead bodies as cover from being killed, which is ironic because the dead soldiers are basically dying twice. Additionally, in chapter six, an old school has been turned into a graveyard. And when the soldiers pass by, they get the sense that those are meant for them, but they don't even act surprised because they know that death is common. However, it still brings an eerie feeling deep down within the soldiers. This feeling, this shows that death is a usual thing in war and that someone and something has to do with the soldiers' dead bodies after the attacks. This contributes to the overall theme of the novel because death is inevitable in war. And knowingly, the soldiers try their best to stay sane and come out alive while accepting the fact that they could die at any moment. It also builds on the theme of warfare survival as Paul and his comrades know that one day war will end. It's just a matter of fact of staying alive. 
which is shown in chapter 6 when the soldiers talk about what they would do when war ends, hinting that they all hope to pursue things in civilian life even after what they have experienced in war. To add to the symbolism of the coffins in chapter 6, the second company members visit the graveyard as they travel through the fields. They encountered the coffins in the grave but quickly passed by them. This represents that death was once a rare part of their life that they did not have to worry about too much. However, as the warfare intensifies, we hear about the graveyard experiences of the trenches and on the front when they begin to see fighting within their regimes, see dead bodies, and witness the growing insanity of soldiers. The idea of death and graveyard experiences plays an increasing role in their lives, making them more used to it, yet still have a heart-wrenching feeling associated with it.